Hey, folks, this is Kevin. On this week's episode of Risk, you'll hear Taj Easton. Now you're probably thinking, oopsie, we're not supposed to hear Taj Easton. He's from the audio editing team. Well, oopsie's on you, motherfucker. I want the members of the team to be doing more guest hosting of the episodes. And because I'm dying to know what this episode is called, all I have left to say is, take it away, Taj. Thank you, Kevin. I promise to not fuck up. Hey, y'all, this is Taj. On this week's episode of Risk, you'll hear Madeline Erasmus. Why couldn't I be in the wrestling match? Why couldn't I have a penis? <laughs> oh, Madeline, they're overrated, I assure you. That and more. But first, friends, there is a Risk Live show coming up in L.A. at the Lyric Hyperion on February 20th. And that is just around the corner, my friends. So get your butts over to risk-show.com live and get yourself some tickets. One for you, one for a loved one, one for a stranger that looks like they need to pick me up. This is going to be a most memorable night, and you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Folks, if you like good old-fashioned true crime mysteries, if you like stories where you feel like you're a detective finding clues, June's Journey is the name of this new game that you can play on your iPhone or your Android. You are uncovering the mystery of June's sister's murder. It's this well-to-do family in the 1920s living in a great Gatsby-like mansion. Each scene uncovers new aspects of the story. Some parts are in New York. Some parts are in Paris. There's all kinds of objects you're finding and trying to assess whether they're meaningful or not. You collect information, filling out your own photo album, and you're keeping track of all the characters. 
There's romance. There's scandalous family secrets. It feels like a really fun play or movie. And I've only made it through like five scenes, but I am told you could crack the case. All you need is an internet connection and downloading on iOS or Android. So discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. All right, now here's the show. This is Risk, this story where people tell truth. Oh, I fucked that up. God damn it. Um, this is small faces in the background now. You know, I was nervous about this hosting thing, but I think I've got all this shit figured out. I know all the technology and I know exactly what button to press and... Oh no. Fuck. Damn it. Okay, there we go. We're calling this week's episode, Oopsies. We got three stories coming at you about people who fuck up in ways that it's okay to laugh at. You know, I myself made a pretty big oopsie the other week when I was trying to jump up on this stack of cushions and I fell off and broke my fucking elbow and my wrist. Oh my god. So yeah, I'm being really careful to avoid any more boo-boos. Cat, no. Get away. Kitty, no, you're gonna make me... No, no. Okay, I'm back upright again. In a little bit, we're gonna hear from Neek Zickelson. I mean, Neek Zeke Nielsen. Fuck, Zeke Nicholson. But before that, we got a story from Madeline Erasmus, a very mysterious and lovely woman who I know basically nothing about. But first, a story from Jake Sepaniak. You may have seen him around, because he's been on shows like Showtime's Black Monday and Amazon Prime's Patriot. We've got another killer story from Jake, and we'll air that soon. And I hope he has even more for us, because this guy's fucking hysterical. He's a laugh riot. You're going to love him. Here's Jake Sapaniak now with the story we call Dick Pig. guarantee that if you were ever 19 in the 90s and closeted like you had to be because it was the 90s, you undoubtedly had a lot of secrets. And those secrets were in the gamut of types of secrets. For example, a not-so-well-kept secret I had. I loved musicals. All three of my brothers had heard me scream yell every lyric to La Vie Bohème like I was Katy Perry cast in a touring ensemble. Another not-so-secret? I was a flirt. 
which my peers could easily deduce by my telling everyone, boys and girls, how attractive they were as I held the door for them in every hallway I walked through. I thought that activity read as Ferris Bueller-esque, but looking back, I think it was off-puttingly, but affectionately, horny. A well-kept secret I acquired as a closeted gay boy in the 90s was that I had one time tried to seduce Clayton Lenhart's dad in the front seat of a U-Haul after a long Boy Scout trip, and I'm pretty sure I almost succeeded. So now I'm 19. I'm living on my own-ish, about three and a half hours away at the University of Illinois as a freshman, and I am bowling without the bumpers of parental supervision and curfews. So I start exploring whether I like a gutter ball as much as I like a strike. Because a basic, fundamental secret I had was that I was gay as fuck, and I had never gotten to roll down that gutter with abandon. What I'm saying is that all my secret, secret ways inflamed suddenly with all the newfound alone time I had on my hands. I started swapping Mr. Lenhart in a U-Haul for departing seniors in the stacks or TAs in the sauna. That gutter ball glide was my new favorite ride. But then... The fucking holidays roll around, and I'm expected to go back home for spring break. And that private life's newfound glorious tumescence has got to shrink again like it's a warm, wet penis in cold air. And yet, this spring break was a first. My father and two younger brothers are away on a, you guessed it, Boy Scout trip. Hopefully my dad's not driving the U-Haul. My eldest brother decides to stay at DePaul for his week off, and my stay-at-home mother has just started a day job for the first time since raising all four of us boys. So I've got another first time on my hands, and it's the sought-after basement computer all to myself, all day, with no possible interruptions of younger brothers begging to play Spider-Man. Suddenly, it's not so cold out, and my private life package starts to expand. So what should I do with all this unadulterated free time? Innocently regress and start yelling my show tunes? Or do I ride that gutterball glide on home turf? Obviously, I hop on AOL, swap my public knowledge screen name of Puck447. Did I say I was a theater gay? For my well-kept secret, secret screen name of Lolita447. Yeah, I was a seductive little child. (laughs) And though I had never read the book or seen the movie Lolita, I'd definitely seen the poster and I got that this was a girl into boys with their own place. And I have never since identified with a poster more. I believe the poster I saw was the remake with Jeremy Irons. Ooh, will that shit fly today? Who knows? You might be wondering, Jake, why chat rooms? Why not the obvious choice? And I can tell you why, search history. I don't know how to delete that shit to this day. I like musicals and Shakespeare, not tech. I once had to explain to my dad why I had asked Jeeves for photos of hairy naked men. (laughs) My explanation was I wanted to see what my body hair pattern might look like in the future. And I'll be damned if my dad didn't talk himself into believing it. My father had a personal deep distaste for porn. See, with my dad, when you got bad grades, he sat you in the dining room for a talking to. But when he caught you with porn, my father called you into the backyard to discuss it. Didn't anyone discuss it in the house? It's not real, Jake. None of it's real. I have three brothers, so I saw my dad do this at least four times. So chat rooms were where I go. My dad didn't know how to work AOL as much as I didn't know how to delete search history. Plus, the porn I got there was more authentic. So I feel like in the Venn diagram of things, that is something my dad would approve of. 
real people porn. <laughs> but then, to receive such good stuff, there was the dreaded S2R. Luckily, I had this week alone to figure out my dad's digital camera, take my first dick pic ever, hide it on the desktop in one of the photo albums so I could use it all week to send to receive and delete it when I finished. Needless to say, I saw the light of day twice that week. Scoutmaster Dad and the younger boys come home, sun-kissed and bearded, then he and my mom drive me the three and a half hours back and wave me off in my dorm room. It's the afternoon after a long morning of travel and traffic and a week of what my Apple Watch today thinks is an elliptical workout. I figure I should finally look at the homework I'm supposed to have done for Monday, and it hits me. You know that pinprick in your gut anytime you leave home? Did I leave the stove on? Did I lock my door? Did I delete that dick pic I saved to the family album folder on the desktop of our communal family computer? Kevin! I'm three hours away with no money and no car because I'm fucking 19. Blind optimism kicks in. Basement computer, who's gonna look or go into the family photos folder to reminisce during the fucking month of March? So I start to calm down. But then that pinprick of panic starts to feel like a bowling ball because I recall that, yes, yes, I saved that pic in the family photos album folder, which is set as the screensaver for that computer that we never turn off. So when it's not in use, it flashes the photos included in that folder. Us at Niagara Falls. Us at the Poconos. My 19-year-old cock filling the screen from the bottom left corner to the top right. I now know I have to find a way home somehow and delete it before everyone on Canterbury Street converges on the couch to watch a movie in the dark and finds out that I am obviously gay. I call my good friend Jeannie and I say, Jeannie, 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 I, I can't tell you why, but I need to borrow your car for an emergency. And she asks, is everyone safe? And I say, yes, it's a personal emergency. And she says, I'm at my door with my keys. For those of you that don't know, that is the definition of unconditional love. I grab the keys with a thank you, and at 8 p.m., boom, I begin the three-and-a-half-hour drive back home. Hours earlier, en route to campus, my dad and I had done it singing Jesus Christ Superstar together. And now, I'm white-knuckling it, because if the backyard is how my dad handles internet porn, how will he handle it when I'm the porn? And it's very gay. And maybe legally underage? I don't know. I don't know the rules. The drive to Wheaton is a literal blur, and I get there without any cops under overpasses pulling me over. Thanks for telling me to keep a lookout, Dad. It's about midnight. I park down the street. Here I am, suddenly pondering what would be the massive, unexplainable confusion if my parents see me or catch me. I mean, the front door is too loud. Also, it's the suburb in the 90s. I I've never owned a key to my house. The garage door, I know the code to open it, but my dad is a Polovian dog to any garage door opening because of my eldest brother, Lek, sneaking back home after having snuck out to... I mean, I don't know what straight people do when they sneak out, but it certainly wasn't making dick deals with download dads on the dark corners of the internet. So I tiptoe to the back sliding porch door, which we lock only if we remember to, and praise Mother Earth, no one did. That beautiful, natural feeling of coming home after a long trip. The comfort you feel returning to your childhood home when you're stressed, exhausted, terrified, alone. There's no time for it. It's a lie anyway. I take off my shoes, shuffle over the dark kitchen linoleum floor, squeeze through the basement door so it doesn't squeak, and bound down the stairs where it's pitch black except for the glow of a photo of us at Easter Mass flashing on the computer. I go to work on it like I'm Lex at the end of Jurassic Park, remember, when she's like, I know this, I know this. 
open family album on desktop, see my dick pic, know that my instincts are correct, drag it to the trash icon, empty trash. Trying to make that noise when it, you know what I mean. I'm out faster than kids are to their parents today in New York. And after a total of four and a half minutes at home, I make the three hour and a half drive back to campus, leaving my dark home and unknowing family behind me. No one ever found out. <laughs> Not even Jeannie after I put her keys in the mailbox at 4 a.m. But my house never looked the same after that, at least until I came out in the aughts. All the work of keeping my secrets I'd accumulated over the past 12 hours far outweighed any pleasure I'd had from the clandestine experience of it. It had made what should have been an arrival home a breaking and entering into my very own house whose inhabitants, my family, I was a complete stranger to. And I finally settled the bed on how unfun it is just bowling gutter balls alone. That said, I still went to the sauna the next day and fooled around with my Asian Americans and theater TA and shot dust out of my very chafed penis. It's finally 5 p.m. I go to check my DMs to see what's going on. But something's wrong. My sight is blurred. There's a message, but there's no words. I click to see the censored photograph. It's a picture of a PP that's pornographed. Dick pics, dick pics. Did you think I'd say hell yeah when I saw your genitalia? Dick pics, dick pics. You're just a creep who's lonely, but sending me a picture of your dick is a felony. You sent me this one. It's absolutely burning my. I'd rather lose sight than to make eye contact with your behold. It looks sort of deformed. I sent the dick pic to your mom. Found her on Facebook Messenger, which is a totally different app than Facebook. Why is it a different? I was standing in our bathroom, looking up, watching my dad shave, and I thought to myself, wow, that looks so easy. You just rub the stick on your face and scrape off the marshmallow fluff, and that's it, you're shaving. Not that I needed to shave, I was a four-year-old girl, but being the only girl in a family dominated by male cousins and a brother, I was always oddly jealous of all the boys and the things they got to do. Like, why couldn't I take my shirt off? It's hot out. Why couldn't I be in the wrestling match? Why couldn't I have a penis? Our walls back then were thin enough that I'm sure our neighbors heard me screaming, I want a penis! When my dad gets done shaving, 
He kind of tussles my hair on the way out. I immediately grab my little step stool. I see that the marshmallow fluff stuff is out of reach, but what is in reach is the little stick he was using. So I grab it and look at it, and there's like shiny metal things in there. I stand up on my tippy toes and look at myself, and I rub my chin the way my dad does, and I'm thinking, how do I go about this? I guess men grow a lot of hair around their lips, so I'll start there. So I get down from my tippy toes and I start scraping the stick across my lips every which way, doesn't matter. Like this is getting the job done. And I look down and I see a little blip of red. And I'm like, that's weird. I don't remember having ketchup today. But that's cool, this little stick, it doesn't just get the hair off, it scrapes off all the food that's been on your face too. So I continue scraping the stick across my lips and I see more plip, 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 plip. So I stand up on my tippy toes and I don't remember what my face looked like other than my eyes being super wide and me letting out my patented high-pitched scream before my memory just fades to white. And the next thing I remember, my mom is instructing me to lay down face up on the couch because I guess all my blood's going to fall out of my face if I do that. Can't watch TV. But out of the corner of my eye, I see some of my little stupid penis-having boy cousins staring at me, just gawking in horror. But I am one of the guys, damn it. One of the guys. feelings a bit last night when i walked into my bathroom i stepped in a big pile of shaving cream be nice and clean shave every day and you'll always look keen i think i'll break off with my girlfriend her antics are queer i'll admit Each time I say, darling, I love you, she tells me that I'm full of shaving cream. Be nice and clean, shave every day, and you'll always look keen. Hey, y'all, this is Risk. This is Benny Bell in the background now, and we just heard that funny and touching little story from Madeline Erasmus. You can find Madeline at Lil Mad Art on Instagram. That's L-I-L-M-A-D-A-R-T. Prior to that, we heard Dick Picks, the song by Carolyn Bannywicks, or something. Uh, that's a Z at the end of her name, and every storyteller in this episode also has a Z in their name, which is a fun little fact for you. And prior to that, we heard Jake Say Paniac with Dick Pick. I'm noticing I'm saying dick a lot. Dick, 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 dick. Anyway, that's some pretty cool and wild stuff that happened to Jake, huh? It was like a spy thriller mixed with like a steamy porn (laughs) thriller. That part wasn't so much a thriller. That was more like a kind of a naughty little anecdote there. Anyway, Jake's great, isn't he? I love that guy. 
My friends, if you are not already a patron over at patreon.com, we ask that you please consider doing so. Because if you value this show, our survival kind of depends on it. We are in dire financial straits, and I don't want to be a begging, but it is really going to be the difference between our survival and not. But it's not just an act of selflessness, you know. There is content over at Patreon that has never aired on the show, some of which is absolutely flooring stuff. This week, we've got a new one out by Kate Steller, which is fucking intense and jaw-dropping and incredible. It has left an imprint on me that will not go away anytime soon. I'm going to play a clip of it now, but I have to give you a warning that even this clip contains some pretty brutal stuff uh, relating to animal cruelty. So if you're very sensitive to that, you might want to skip these next few seconds. And I just had to jump up and run out the door. And as I did, what I saw in the moonlight was like 50 miscarriages in the snow. He had turned our hungry hounds loose on all 50 of our white rabbits before he had executed each one of them. Yeah, that story is really going to stick with you. Now, that story is going to be free over at patreon.com risk, but it's just an example of some of the incredible content you're going to find there if you become a subscriber that you can't get anywhere else. So... Consider that a little freebie, a enticement, and it's just a little bonus on top of the fact that you will seriously be helping us to survive in a time of great need. Thank you all so much. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. We're back. Finally, we're about to hear from Zeke Nicholson. This story was recorded at an L.A. show in September of last year. Zeke has written for TV shows like Loot on Apple TV Plus and Marvel's Wonder Man on Disney Plus. As an actor, he's been on The Good Place, Miracle Workers, and lots more. Here's Zeke Nicholson now with a story we call Dare Kid. Dare Kid. 
I'm not what you would call a, a drug person. Um, I, don't, I don't do drugs, it's not really my vibe. No disrespect if it is your vibe, but um, yeah, it's, it's not ever really been my vibe. Uh, I, I remember when I was in high school, one of my friends got caught smoking weed and my mom sat me down and explained to me that marijuana was incredibly addictive and I needed to be very, very careful with it. And that kind of stuck with me. I also feel like I was really impacted by those dare stories that were like pretty kind of like pervasive when, when some of us were kids. Uh, you know, the ones that were like, ah, oh, like Sally Jenkins, an all-American girl with a bright future. She tried a little puff at a soiree one time. Turns out there was PCP in there and now she eats with a straw. You know, like, that's, that shit really stuck with me. I, um, I, I, I heard this podcast by Malcolm Gladwell, stay with me please, where he, he described that there's this psychological phenomenon where people are like inordinately disturbed by the idea that they might make a choice that would result in dire consequences in their life, even if those consequences are statistically pretty unlikely. And that's how I felt about smoking weed. I was like, yeah, the math says it's fine, but I'm not trying to be the motherfucker. That's the exception to the rule. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, like I stayed away. I kind of stayed away. Now, to be clear, I was not like a fucking nerd, right? Like drank Keystone Lights in college, but like <laughs> drugs, not my thing. So eventually, you know, I moved to LA after college and uh, there's a pretty pervasive weed culture here, I think we can say. Uh, and yeah, I think kind of like being surrounded by that started to soften my stance generally just a little bit. I think I was also going through this period in my mid twenties where I was reconsidering some of the like pillars of my personality that I'd held true. And I was like, ah, you know, like maybe, maybe I don't need to be so hardcore about my like staunch resistance to mild drug use. Like it's, it doesn't, it's, it's pretty chill for a lot of people. Like it doesn't have to be the biggest thing. I feel like I, I know myself, I'm not going to like get horribly addicted to it. And it's like, you know, it just, it doesn't have to be a big deal. And so this kind of change was happening around 2016, um, incredible year. And there was like a Halloween party that my, my roommate presented as an idea for our household. So it was Halloween 2016 and my roommate was like, yeah, let's do a Halloween party. It's gonna be so fun. And then he like emailed all these people and like set up this Halloween party. And then the Cubs got into the World Series, which is how I remember it's 2016. And then he just left for Chicago and left me and my other roommate to like just do the party without him, <laughs> even though it was all his idea. Yeah, so so the, this party's happening and my, my roommate, my remaining roommate and uh, Noah and I are kind of like prepping for the party. And Noah had recently got his medical marijuana card. Miracle marijuana? Medical <laughs> marijuana card. Uh, and he went to the dispensary and was like, hey, like, I'm, me and my roommate are throwing a Halloween party. We like want a couple of things to, you know, make the party fun or whatever. And the lady was like, great, I can totally help you. And she presented him with this, like, it sort of looked like, you know, those like gelatin, those Smucker's jellies with a foil top that you would see in a diner. Like, that's what it looked like. And she was like, if you're a hardcore pot smoker, you can eat the whole thing, no big deal. If you're kind of casual, you should like cut it into quarters. Sounds like good advice, except that thing was 100 milligrams and each one was 25. And she like, she just kind of skipped the math portion and like, and was like, yeah, just cut it in quarters, you'll be totally fine. So, <laughs> yeah. So we we get we get set for this party, right? We're we're kind of setting up. We put on our costumes. Noah is dressed like Indiana Jones. He has this like leather vest and a white chemise. He looks really dorky. And I put on this like rip-off Top Gun outfit. It was like a this sort of like olive-colored 
onesie that it was clear that the company had not got the rights to Top Gun actually and so it had a bunch of these like kind of like vaguely naval patches with like a rendering of an F-16 that said like air assault underneath it just like uh yeah but you know it it got the job done whatever I looked enough like Top Gun and so we're kind of sitting the, the party's all set up and it's about an hour before people are set to arrive and Noah produces this baggie that he got at the dispenser and he's like do you want to take this I kind of had that moment where I was like, ah, I don't, it's not really my thing. I don't, I don't do drugs. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It's like, it's chill. It's casual. Whatever. We're having a good time, right? Yeah. So I take it. We both pop it. And we're sitting there about 30 minutes later. And I remember very specifically, we were watching Pitch Perfect 2. And then we had to go outside because it became unbearably funny. Um, it was so funny we couldn't handle it. And... We went outside to like get some air and like we're starting to feel it at this point, right? And I'm, I, this is, sensations are new to me. I'm like describing to Noah, I'm like, dude, it's crazy. Like it feels like there's a string that's going from like one end of my fingertips to like the other end of my fingertips, dude. Like, do you know what I mean? And he was like, honestly, I stopped listening to you 10 minutes ago. And we just, we share such a hearty, wholesome laugh in that moment. We're like, ha, ha, ha. And then it truly was like, and like the terror begins to set in because it's been 30 minutes and already we are becoming fully incapable of rational thought. We're like at base camp one of Mount Marijuana and it's like, there's a fucking Halloween party that we have to host. And he and I just sort of like look at each other and like the anxiety just starts crashing in. Like, how are we gonna do this? And I go inside and I'm like, you know what, it's fine. I can handle this. I just like, I'm gonna get a glass of water. I'm gonna like put on my headphones. I'm gonna take a mental health walk. I was like, I was a, I was a college athlete. It's like mind over matter, you know? It's like, I can fucking control it, I promise. And I'm just like walking down the block like as quick as I can. Like, I got this, I got this, I got this. And the thing that was happening to me that was so, so unnerving was that I was having like eight layers of concurrent thought at the same time. Seems like some of us have experienced this. I was also like fully incapable of, you know, like when you do the Calm app and they're like, just think of one thing. I like, I was like, I could not think of a single idea because I would be like, I, I got this. You just hold it. All right. Think about a goldfish, a goldfish, a goldfish, a goldfish is orange, orange. Basketballs are orange. Are they round? Bounce, bounce. Kangaroos bounce. Home. And I would just like have these fractal sort of like explosions of thought. And then I would realize like, oh my God, fuck goldfish. Like that's where I started. And while this, these sort of like spirals were happening, this really spooky thing was happening that I was like having these basically like micro blackouts where because I was like thinking about these things, I did not remember like walking the last 10 feet from point A to point B. And then of course the paranoia really starts to set in where I'm like, oh my God, like what if I micro blackout into my car and suddenly I'm like speeding down the freeway doing 90, which uh, again, probably a dare story, but like it uh, then just sort of like wormed its way into my subconscious. I don't think that was actually gonna happen, but yeah, so I, I, I try and sort of like will myself out of being high, which is a fool's errand, obviously. Um, and I kinda, I hit the point where I'm like, ah, you know, a millionaire, I gotta phone a friend because I need help here. And, and I'm like, all right, I got, for some reason I landed on three options. I was like, all right, I'm gonna call my friend Beth. Beth, no, Beth is going to judge me. I cannot call Beth. I'll call Sarah, it's fine. No, wait, shit, Sarah's at a Halloween party. She told me, also, she's she's gonna judge me too. Um, oh, my friend Jamie, 
I, I should be hosting a Halloween party right now. Oh, fuck. Noah's in there alone. Jamie, it's fine. Jamie, she can call. I'll call Jamie. She she does drugs. She's cool. She gets it. Like, fuck, goldfish. Like, it just was like this <laughs> crazy shit. And so I call Jamie. And I'm like, Jamie, listen to me. I know this is an incredibly stereotypical thing to say, but I took a weed gummy and I am 100% sure I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> and she was like, I think you're okay. I think you don't need to go to the hospital. Where are you? And I was like, I'm in the alleyway behind my house. There's a party happening. I cannot go in there. I can't go in there. At this point, also, I'm so hot. I'm just so hot. I, like, I'm like undoing the top half of my Top Gun outfit. I'm just like, sort of like tie it around my waist. And I'm kind of like shaking, talking to Jamie on the phone in the alleyway behind my house. And I'm like, Jamie, you have to come pick me up. I need you to pick me up. And she was like, I'm not, I'm like going to a bar with my friends. I'm not going to come pick you up, but I'll send an Uber for you. And I was like, oh, I have to talk to a stranger. No. <laughs> and yeah, so finally I'm like, all right, fine. I just, I, I got to come to you. Like I can't, I can't host a party in my house. I can't do it. And so people at this point are fully arriving to my house for a party. And I'm like, God, I hope Noah's got it. God, I hope to God Noah's got it. But I like snuck, I sneak around sort of out of the alley alongside, like sort of like, don't let them see me because then they're going to ask a question. And I like make it around to the front where my uber fully arrives so again at this one i'm like it was really weird i was having like a physical reaction to it my body was like you have been poisoned what is happening like i was sweating and shaking and the uber arrives and i get into the front seat next to this woman get in and i'm like take me to the good luck bar in los feliz like i'm the fucking joker and she's like Oh, God, she was terrified. She did not say a word to me the entire time. I just sat there sort of like tweaking out next to her as she drives me up the 101. <laughs> and that ride could have been five minutes or five hours. Who knows? I remember also at this point, I was like having these crazy visuals where it was like the blocks were like melting. They were just like, the, they were wrapping around each other. And I'm normally a person that has a very good sense of direction, but I had no idea where I was, which was really, really disturbing to me as well. I arrive eventually at the good luck bar and Jamie comes out and she's like, hey, like, are you, are you good? And I'm like, nah, I'm not good. Like, I'm really not good. She's like, all right, well, like, it's fun in there. Like, why don't you come inside? And I was like, Jamie, I can't go inside. And so she's like, all right. And she kind of like leaves me in the parking lot. I lie down in the parking lot and just kind of like look at the world for a little bit. A little later, Jamie comes back out and is like, are you sure you don't want to come inside? I was like, Jamie, I don't know how to tell you this. I'm going to be sick. And... I walk over to the dumpster and I proceed to throw up the Trader Joe's Chana Masala that I'd had for dinner. But I was like, I can't get puke on my Halloween costume. So I was doing like basically sort of like a downward dog, like hike position, like <laughs> behind the good luck bar in Los Feliz. Uh, well, Jamie sort of like rubbed my back. She's a good friend. Yeah, so. <laughs> At that point, it became clear that I was like not able to go inside the good luck bar in Los Feliz. And Jamie was like, all right, fine. Like I, she lived nearby. So she was like, come on. We like go back to her, her house and she gives me a glass of water and like tucks me into her bed. And then she's go goes back out to the bar because it's Halloween and she wanted to keep partying. Um, and at that point, I'm just, I'm so exhausted by this like whole insane ordeal that I do manage to fall asleep for about an hour. And by the time I woke back up, I had like thankfully regained control of my mind. And I'm just like, whoa, that was nuts. Jamie comes back and I was like, thank you so much for taking care of me. Like, 
Oh, that was a lot. I just I got to go home. Like, um, yeah, I feel really guilty that I have left Noah alone this entire time to do this party without me. Uh, but yeah, whatever. So I call my second Uber of the night. It arrives and I get into the back seat because sober, I'm not a maniac. Um, and I like some settling into the back seat and the Uber driver turns around and goes, Yar, we're going to take you this evening, matey. And he's dressed like a pirate because it's fucking Halloween. And as he drives me back down the 101, he sings, this is not an exaggeration, five, five verses of a pirate's life for me at my face. Like, yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. And I'm like, I thought that puking behind the good luck bar was the pinnacle of hell, but there was a whole nother level down to Dante's Inferno. But you know what? I had made that choice. You know, I had made the choice to do the drug, and now I'm going to be an example on Revisionist History hosted by Malcolm Gladwell. And I knew that, and I have to live with those consequences. So the ride from hell ends, and I arrive back at my house, and I like walk up the steps, and it's just like quiet. It's like weirdly quiet. There's nobody else left in the house. It's like weirdly clean. There's no no stray party goers and I like walk outside and I see Noah sitting on the front steps and he's just like kind of quietly contemplating the night and I'm like oh God, he's so mad at me like I left him hanging all night long and I like sit down next to him I'm like dude I'm so sorry that gummy like really fucked me up like I just had the knife from hell it was so terrible I'm sorry I left you to just do this all by yourself and he just like takes this deep sigh and he like turns to look at me and he goes dude I spent the entire night in my room and I had no idea you were gone. <laughs> Drugs. Some of the big kids do them. But my mom and dad helped get this D.A.R.E. anti-drug program in our school. It's run by specially trained police. Now, now we're, we're saying, saying no to drugs. Get D.A.R.E. in your kid's school, too, by visiting Country Style Donuts. Purchase the D.A.R.E. Bear and show you care. Proceeds go to D.A.R.E. in your community. Think about a goldfish, a goldfish, a goldfish, a goldfish is orange, orange. Basketballs are orange. Are they round? Bounce, bounce. Kangaroos bounce. Oh, my God, fuck goldfish. Little kids doing drugs. I get angry just thinking about it makes me mad. Turns my stomach. I just want to shake some sense to you kids that are using drugs and think about using it. So remember, don't. This is Risk. This is the birds in the background now. 
And we just heard from the good folks at Dare and also a very furious Mr. T. And before that, <laughs> we heard that ridiculous and inane story by Zeke Nicholson. You can't find Zeke online because he didn't give me any information about that, and presumably he doesn't want you all mucking around with his private life. But goddamn, isn't that a funny thing that happened to him? I am no stranger to getting really fucked up and wandering around in a sort of misty stupor, so I thought that story was very relatable for all that, and also just a really fun. I hope that's okay, Zeke. Bless you for that funny tale that we all got to enjoy. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're back. That's almost all for this week's episode of Risk. But before I go, are you one of those people that says you couldn't tell a story on this show? Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but I disagree 100%. I am guaranteed, absolutely sure that you could tell a killer story that would make people laugh or cry or shit themselves. I am strongly encouraging each and every one of you to reach out to us at risk-show.com submissions and just tell us about something that's happened to you that was funny or sad or moving or meaningful and we'll help you turn it into a story. That's my favorite part about the show is when we get people who are just regular old people that come and tell us what it's like to be alive for them. People who are just living life out here like the rest of us. They're not fancy. They're not a rich. They're not famous. They're just people. Okay? All right. That's it. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Remember, today's the day. Take a risk. Trying to Anything think. Come to mind? Mm. <sighs> Let me think for a second. All right, that's almost all for. That's my dog scratching his bed. Jesus.
What's he doing? Okay. That's almost all for... Oh, my God. Dalton, boy. Don't!